0: Cinnabuds receive support from Associated Bank and Eyes on the Lake, I Care and I Wear. Cinnabuds, Cinnabuds, two buddies, two buddies. talking about Cinnabuds. cinema.
1: Hey, everybody! I'm Christopher Pollard from Milwaukee Film.
0: From Radio Milwaukee, I'm Dory Zori. And this is Cinnabuds. This week, we watched the wonderful story of Henry Sugar.
1: Good evening, Mr. Sugar, said the man behind the desk whose job it was to never forget a face. Henry Sugar was 41 years old, unmarried, and rich. Strange. The following is what Henry read in the Little Blue Exercise book. Gentlemen, I'm a man who can see without using his eyes. He
0: saw it, I cried. He saw that trolley. This is absolutely unbelievable.
1: (laughs) I was flabbergasted. This is a terrific piece of information. This could change my life. That's right. The Wonderful Story of Henry Sugar, directed by Wes Anderson. It's a short film uh, that is on Netflix right now, um, along with three other short films that he has made. They all went to Netflix, all based on rolled doll stories, Ooh. which we know he is a big fan of, having used a couple of them already.
0: No doubt. I very much enjoyed this short film. I think he nailed it. It was a short film and it it should have stayed that way. And it did. And so I have no complaints. (laughs) But before we get into the movie, I do have a question. So the only criticisms that I found, not from myself, but from other people, is, you know, people that thought the book was beloved really enjoyed this but then the people who found the book to be um beloved also didn't understand why this film needed to be made and as a an avid reader yeah do you how did you read this book I as a did, child
1: i did and not as a child i actually coincidentally read this book like 4 months ago 5 months ago whoa <laughs> it's a real coincidence but the wonderful story of henry sugar uh, comes along with a bunch of other short stories two of uh, one of which he also made called The Swan is also in that collection. So I saw those two and it is fascinating to see them. Uh, I've been describing it as the best audio book ever m- made. Uh, it's not just audio, obviously it's visual too, but it's so directly taken from the story. I would say almost 90% of it is just direct Like almost copy and paste. Mm -hmm. And then so Wes Anderson's addition to it is all the visual aspects that he's so good at and the tone and everything. Um, I thought it was great. I think I know what they mean when they say why it had to be made, because it is it is laid out so much like someone just telling you a story with with some visuals behind. (laughs) Right. But I thought he elevated that premise quite a bit, as he usually does. And I don't know if it is because I am a like a fan of the of these stories and a fan of his, but i as I've we've said multiple times, I have some issues with him these days.
0: What the Wes Anderson, the, him. the Wes Anderson mm-hmm.
1: style, and does it get old? But in this format, I thought it was perfect.
0: I think this showcased the best of Wes Anderson and what he can do in just a really comprehensive 40, 45 minute piece yeah it was about
1: 40 minutes yeah and it was a really interesting way to tell a story like literally I'm telling you a story
0: yeah that's how I felt the whole time I didn't even realize how lame I am do I say this on the air (laughs) I didn't know this was a book there you go I said it okay
1: this is not one of his more famous ones so I think that's totally understandable I'd only heard about it actually you know what I think I heard about the book because I knew you're just Wes trying Ander- to make me feel better. <laughs> Wes Anderson was, no, is Wes Anderson was making these stories. So I went and got the book to read it beforehand. There you go.
0: Listen to the entire podcast to dive into more of my shame about not realizing <laughs> yeah. that this was a book. But also um, we're going to dig into what we loved about this uh, this little piece. That's right. That we watched on the Netflix. Stick around.
1: Hey, Wisconsin foodies, this is Tariq Moody of Radio Milwaukee. Join Milwaukee Magazine's food writer Ann Christensen and myself every Friday morning at 8 a.m. for This Bites, Milwaukee's longest-running culinary podcast. We talk about everything from new restaurants, pop-ups, cookbooks, events, and even an occasional interview with a local chef. Head over to RadioMilwaukee.org slash This Spites or listen anywhere you get your podcasts. All right, we're back talking about the new Wes Anderson shorts that are available on Netflix.
0: We watched Wonderful World of Henry Sugar, and it was the first time that um, Ralph Fiennes and Ben Kingsley were on a film together since Schindler's List 30 years oh, ago. Oh, wow. That's kind of fun. I mean, the cast in this movie is excellent. Let's yeah, just let's, start there.
1: Yeah, let's start there with, I mean, it also somewhat felt like He made these, and I haven't looked into this, right after or as he was making Asteroid City, because genuinely some of the set pieces looked a lot like stuff I saw in Asteroid City.
0: I was thinking the same thing. And you know what? Good for you. That's clever. Reduce, reuse, recycle. (laughs) That's right.
1: (laughs) Ray Fiennes, Benedict Cumberbatch, Dev Patel, Ben Kingsley, and someone who I'm not going to shut up about ever, Richard Iowate who I am a Damn. huge fan of, and I'm so glad that he's getting a little bit more play. I hope he becomes part of Wes Anderson's stable now, Yeah, because I love that guy. He's so funny.
0: The narration in this was cool. Like, someone was reading you a book, and now I understand why. Yeah. Um, and um, Ray Fines played Roald Dahl, right?
1: Yeah, he plays Roald Dahl. It's w- interesting. So there's like f- three or four sets of narration, because they... He starts off as Roald Dahl telling a story and then you see uh, Dev Patel's character as a doctor who's within the story. He reads an account and tells that story. And then you hear from Ben Kingsley and then from Benedict Cumberbatch as Henry Sugar. So there's these levels of like I'm telling the story then someone else takes it over in a very clever multi-layered way.
0: Uh, inception of storytelling. That's right. Uh, the, I thought the visuals were magical and what they were able to do with the sets, which is kind of Wes Anderson's sweet spot, but also yeah. like Michelle Gondry does a lot of stuff like this too. Exactly.
1: I love him. Like the
0: clever use of sets. And it looks like maybe the artist or the, the actor could be standing in front of a green screen. But it's not because they pull it away and they play with perspective a lot to make it look like you're looking at a page in a book, but it's actually just an actor sitting way back on the set in front of a different set. I I found it to be magical to watch. It's
1: fantastic. And this I've talked about this a few times on the show, but this is the best example of what I've always been saying, which is I would I would leave the state. I would fly somewhere to see a Wes Anderson play.
0: Yes. And this mm-hmm.
1: is like one of the best uh, evidence that it would be amazing. And also that it would be very difficult for stage hands to pull off because I, he has these physical set pieces, like wooden painted set pieces, foreground and background, pulled away, moved around to change it in a very intricate way. Which, you know, if you're shooting a movie, you have a few tries yeah. to get it right but not on stage. But that would be amazing.
0: I kept thinking about uh, my high school drama department and uh, my sister Jodi was in drama. <laughs> and for a while she was working on sets. And I just kept thinking of like that whole crew of people that just loved to be part of the theater and made these beautiful sets. And what um, like I'm just picturing Wes Anderson. Did he work in his drama department in high yeah, school right. and make sets? And did he start developing this thing that he's getting known for, right. like, back in high school.
1: I know, because his first couple of movies were very location-based, and you don't see that. They got more and more whimsical as his career went on. Um, and so, yeah, it didn't start that way. So did did you discover something? Did you think, oh, I finally want to indulge? I mean, also could have been that he, his early career, gave him the credibility and and then the star power to say, oh, now I would like to do this thing that you probably wouldn't let me do earlier.
0: <laughs> also, the story itself, like, I was trying to figure out what the what the moral of the story, it seemed very fable-esque, like there was yeah. a lesson to be learned.
1: And that's something I really liked about this, was that, the so the story is generally, without giving too much away, it's about a rich man who's very selfish and just wants to get richer, and then finds this very magical way to do it by studying this method of like seeing without using your eyes. And he m- manages to acquire all this wealth through like gambling because right. he can cheat essentially at cards because he can see them. And instead something happens. And instead of becoming a, just a rich person who hoards all, the, all their wealth, all too familiar to us these mm-hmm. days, he does good with it. He changes as a person and he He makes all this money just to give back to children and help children and anonymously too, without credit. So I loved, especially right now, I loved this tale, which does feel like a fable that anyone that rich would actually just be a nice person. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think that's the uh, magical element of it.
0: But there was a spiritual aspect to him learning how to be able to without giving it away to do to get the gift to yeah. to win uh, um in the casinos and make all this money then to give it away like he had to go through a spiritual journey almost to get there yeah and so I like that message too is like well did the journey to get him this gift of being able to see through things change who he was as a person yeah
1: and it's because it's a lot of to you had to earn it mm-hmm. you had to practice for years and he was particularly good at it, but still he had to learn patience. He had to learn concentration. And through that, he spent a lot of time just with himself. This is sort of like not all on screen, but this is what you're imagining. If you had to do that, how would that change you as a person?
0: Yeah. If you had a singular focus for three and a half years on doing like getting this honing the skills so you could get all the money That you ever wanted, what would you actually do with it once you got it and went through this three year just spending time with yourself and a candle?
1: I know. (laughs) For (laughs) three and a half years. And I really wanna commend, like, he always has this stable of actors as we've talked about that are always incredible. And a lot of his movies lately. A lot of people say, you know, it's very focused on the style and everyone's very deadpan. But the acting in this movie, even though there is some of that deadpan performance and very quick talking, like especially in those last few movies, it's like a lot of quick dialogue. Like they had to do some real acrobatics in this movie, not only with the sets moving and their characters changing, and then they're trying to both act and narrate at the same time. So one of the things they do in here, because it's based on a short story, is they include he said, she said, like you would normally see in a story. But the character is talking and then looks at the camera and says, He said. So you it's like incorporating the story time, like if you were telling the story, you would read that out. Yeah. But they um they had to incorporate different characters and especially if you look at the shorts as a whole, jumping back and forth between all these characters that they had to do, some really impressive performances.
0: Yeah, definitely two thumbs up from me. Um Ray Fines, who played um Rural Dal. In the movie, had, uh, the, was it the magical Mr. Fox? The fantastic Mr. Fox oh, yeah. um, on a record, an album, or recorded oh, with yeah. um, his own voice reading it. So he would listen to the recording oh, that's funny. of Doll speaking, and that's kind of how he absorbed how he wanted to speak as him. Oh, that's him. great. Yeah.
1: Yeah, there's some great people. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm going to say again, mm-hmm. Richard Iwati. I was so excited that he's in this big American movie. He's a British actor who was in the, the IT crowd, which was a very popular British show that's mm-hmm. so funny. And he's done a bunch of fun panel shows and everything over there. And also has some amazing books. He's got three really funny books out there, too. But I really hope that he ends up being like an import, because I would love to see him in more stuff.
0: Time will tell, I my friends.
1: Oh. Did you see any of the other of the three shorts that... Uh, Wes Anderson put out
0: not yet but I will this yeah. week
1: I, I really quickly I just want to say that I saw I didn't see all of them I didn't see poison yet but I did see the swan and that is another story that's in that uh, Henry Sugar collection okay and that one is like the saddest of them but all it's right. also has a bit of magic in it Rupert Friend is sort of the star of that one he's the narrator And then you discover he might be a part of the story, too. Um, It's about a little kid who's bullied to an extreme. And then there's this magical transformation that is probably also tragic, but also beautiful at the same time.
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: But it's a wonderful story. And it was so cool to see it. Again, I can't stress enough how hearing these told as stories in the way that he films it and having read even if you haven't read them, it's very clear you're listening to a story like being read. It's, but with incredible visuals and performed and everything. And that made this such a unique project, I thought was fascinating.
0: I think it's fascinating and special and unique. And it's as long as that's not how he tells every other story that he does, yeah. this is like a special moment. And I think any one of any age would enjoy yeah. um the visuals and the stories. But I'm looking forward to the swan because when you say the swan, all I can think of, and here is Adam Sandler's <laughs> Why are you looking at me, Swan, in my head? <laughs> and I would like to maybe not have that be it's the first thing. It's based on
1: that encounter. I, I thought loosely, so. Yeah. No, I agree. I think this this kind of film is suited to a short film format. Yeah. If this were longer, it would get a little bit hard. Yeah. But I, I don't think it was at all in this format. It was really good. It's and the other, the other shorts are all much shorter, than like 17 minutes.
0: Oh, I yeah. like that too. You know, I got short attention span theater sometimes. So, <laughs> yeah. all right. So, Christopher, what else have you been watching?
1: So, normally for this segment, I like to give you a recommendation, something I want you to watch. Mm-hmm. I'm going to turn it a little bit. To, it's more of a public service announcement <laughs> because I want Have watched... you been
0: looking at my Redbox account?
1: <laughs> no, I haven't, but I'm excited to hear what it is. A movie I was excited about. It's Halloween, and this seemed like a very funny concept. So I finally watched Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, which is a Winnie the Pooh-themed horror film.
0: (laughs) What? What? How do I not know this exists? Oh,
1: yeah. It exists. And I'm glad that you just found out about it and didn't get excited (laughs) because it is so terrible
0: but not not good terrible terrible no, terrible no and that's the thing Dang. i was like i'll at
1: least accept
0: like cocaine bear terrible yeah
1: not even oh god no it's uh, so i think what happened was Winnie the Pooh the first story uh, Tigger by the way here's a little trivia Tigger showed up later so mm-hmm. Tigger's not in this movie okay. um, the first story became like uh, what do you call it rights free duty uh, oh like public public, acts,
0: public domain public yeah. domain Yeah. so oh, someone no. picked it up
1: and thought and I do love the idea that you take a beloved kid's character that's very sweet turn it into a horror film I think that's very clever and funny yes so I was excited for clever and funny even if it's silly and dumb um but nope. it was, Oh, it's like, man.
0: Right from the beginning? Or when did it lose you? How far into it?
1: Like right away with the actors, I could tell, okay, they just hired the first people that showed up. Mm. And then I'm like, all right. But it still could be conceptually funny. But so the idea is that uh, Christopher Robin left. He provided a lot of food. He helped feed these characters when he was younger. And then he left them and they had to fend for themselves. Oh, gosh. And then they ate Eeyore because they were so hungry. <laughs> now- <laughs> At first, and this is all done with like a little animation. And I thought, well, that's kind of funny. Uh And they even show the grave where his tail is pinned to the grave. And I thought, okay, okay, Mm -hmm. good start. Mm -hmm. But then uh, it's just a bad, a poorly constructed, low budget horror film with no like wink to the audience. No humor involved in the fact that it's Winnie the Pooh and Piglet on a murder spree. Um, How
0: can you not make it?
1: I know. I was like, I was talking about this with friends and we were going, they could have done this. They could have like, it we had a hundred, yeah, we had a hundred ideas for like, have him obsessed with honey. And that's the reason he's killing us because he ran out of, but not even that. Oh. So it's just a very bad schlocky movie with no even, no even like so bad it's good appeal. So avoid everybody especially if you were looking forward to this because you thought it would be funny
0: <laughs> <laughs> no humor there well it is public domain so yeah. all you budding filmmakers out there that can do it better Christopher's got a hundred ideas That's for you right.
1: and I will fund it fully as long as it's only a ten dollar movie
0: nice I'll, I'll double that Yo. I'll double it because I like the concept this is a good start I watched over the weekend Shazam Fury oh. <laughs> of the Gods how'd that go I loved it. All right, yeah. I had to watch it in two parts because I accidentally fell, a- got real sleepy the first night. Yeah. But not because the movie wasn't good. I found it to be a delightful romp. It continues the story of teenage Billy Baston, um, who I think I know. I saw the first movie, but yeah. I don't remember it. Sure, we watched it during COVID. That's fine, whatever. But um, <laughs> I loved that he had his whole crew there. I mean, I don't really need to talk about the film. Just watch it. It's, yeah, yeah. It's it fun. looks good. Co- it looks good. It's fun to see, like, the, the acting is really cool. Like, the, the adults as their children versions. I don't know. It's just really cool casting. They all have
1: different powers. They all have
0: different powers. They're trying to figure some stuff out. And I love it when, like, the adults are, like, the dialogue and what they're talking about is still very childlike because that's who they actually are right. as children yeah. emotionally just, you know, when they Shazam themselves, they're <laughs> yeah. adult superheroes. So I found that to be delightful. The action sequences looked really cool. Yeah.
1: No, these are, I think these are perfectly fun movies. They're like low stakes Marvel mo- or DC movies, yeah. whichever, whichever they are. I think DC. Yeah. They're like, uh, it's just a fun like you don't have to put invest as much as you do like the, the, the
0: Batman yeah like you want to watch something you want to pay attention to it but you don't want to have to think too hard and you just want to be entertained yeah. I would watch Shazam Gods of Fury uh, is there a Wonder Woman appearance perhaps oh yeah perhaps Perhaps as one It'd of my favorite It'd be weird parts. if there's
1: not one and we just said, because there also could be, <laughs> Winnie the Pooh could be in it too.
0: I'm going to say that for every <laughs> future Cinnabuds. Yeah. Was there a Wonder Woman appearance in Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey? Perhaps. Perhaps. Just You'll have, have to, to find watch it. out. Yeah. <laughs> it is one of Christopher's top 100 ideas on how to improve that film. Yeah, film. put Wonder Woman in it. Make it 101. Yeah. Add mine. <laughs> That's
1: right. That's perfect. Awesome. Well, that was great. We hope you enjoy those movies. Or avoid them uh, in the Winnie the Pooh sc- scenario.
0: What um, should our question to our listeners who have stuck around this long be on our Instagram?
1: Well, you know what, uh, this is only tangentially related, but because uh, Roald Dahl known for the kids' books, these are these aren't super adult, but they're a little bit more so than the kids' books. But I would love to know what your favorite children's book adaptation is because I and oh we also talked about Winnie the Pooh so that's (gasps) appropriate as well I because I am in in my 40s I am going back and revisiting child like child classics that I didn't read as a child and I'm enjoying the hell out of them. Nice. There's so many. I read Winnie the Pooh just last year for the first time. And they're wonderful to read as an adult. So I would love to know what movies made from children's books do you like the best?
0: I'm going to throw one at you right now. Yeah. One I would like to see made from oh, one of my perfect. favorite children's books. The monster. There's a monster at the end of this book. Grover. Starring Grover. I, I want to see that, but like maybe a horror movie version. I
1: loved that book, and I genuinely was a little scared about that book when I was like a little kid. Me too.
0: Like, oh, he's the. Oh, I
1: don't want to give it away. Because
0: I didn't think about Grover as a monster <laughs> right. when you were a kid, right? But technically, many many Sesame Street Wes characters. Anderson
1: do that one.
0: Wes Anderson, Michelle Contray. <laughs> yeah, uh, whoever did Blood and Honey, don't do that one. Don't do
1: that. Don't just maybe change
0: careers just don't yeah
1: thanks so much for listening everybody we have some people we want to thank other than you and also including you
0: (laughs) kim shine thank you so much for producing this podcast and uh putting up with all our shenanigans (laughs) dealing with
1: this and new ski thank you so much for your wonderful intro music that we play every week
0: uh we've got two sponsors of Cinebuds. the first being
1: associated bank thank
0: you so much and thank you to eyes on the lake eye care and eyewear for being our newest sponsor of Cinebuds. but we couldn't really do it or wouldn't want to do it without this help of our members wonderful
1: both from reading milwaukee and from milwaukee film thank you all so very much
0: Thanks for listening to the podcast, and we will see you out at the movies. Bye.